blessed Sunday to all of you, dear friends. You are tuned in to OLMC Sunday Best. This is a sharing of the Bible study group from the parish of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, Wan Chai, Hong Kong. Join us now in reflecting on this Sunday's liturgy for our life's nourishment. Good day, brothers and sisters. We are in the fourth Sunday of Easter. Let's greet our Lord with a sign of the cross in the name yeah, of the Father, Father. and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty, ever-living God, lead us to a share in the joys of heaven, so that the humble flock may reach where the brave shepherds have gone before, who leads and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Fourth Sunday Easter is also known as a Easter for Good Shepherds. The first reading, uh, for those of you who are joining us online, is taken from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, 14a, 36-41. The second reading is from the letter of St. Peter, chapter 2, 20b to 25, and the gospel is according to John, chapter 10, verses 1 to 10, and we'll start with the first reading. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. Then Peter stood up to the eleven, raised his voice, and proclaimed, Let the whole house of Israel know for certain that God has made both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they hear this, they were cut to the heart, and they asked Peter and the other apostles, What are we to do? My brothers, Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is made to you and to your children and to all those far off, whomever the Lord our God will call. He testified with many other arguments and was exhorting them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted this message were baptized and about 3,000 persons were added that day. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Can I add in the introduction that was given by Patrick? So it's uh, the fourth Sunday of Easter, which is also called Good Shepherd Sunday. And you will notice all three, uh, year A, B, C, is always John 10. John 10, but in parts, like, Year A, it's John 1 to 10, and yep. then, uh, yeah, John year 10, B. 1 to 10, and then Year B is the continuation, and then Year C. Right. And then the other thing for this first Sunday of Easter is the World Day of Prayer for Vocations. So mm-hmm. every first Sunday of Easter is Vocation Sunday. Maybe it's also put together with the shepherd and those who are being called to the Christian and religious life, but mm. we like to say everybody's called. Uh, not, not for consecrated life or Christian life, but 
everybody's called to be a disciple. Okay. So going back to this uh, first reading, <clears throat> this is one of the famous uh, speeches here in the Acts of the Apostles. And this is chapter two. So the background of this will be the Pentecost. No? Yep, the Holy good. Spirit comes to the apostles and the disciples. Mm -hmm. And then you hear a very uh, fiery and very courageous uh, Peter. Very far from the Peter in the, in the last gospel. part of the yeah. Gospels, right? right? <clears throat> which also, which also, I don't know if you noticed the, first, the prayer that we have. Of her prayer at the beginning. The humble flock marriage where the brave shepherd has gone before. Okay, so you have now the brave disciple. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the brave disciple who is ready to, to face anything and everything that comes because now he believes. No? And what is his uh, recipe or what is his uh, formula? When he was asked, what are we to do, my brothers? And then his words, repent and be baptized. And you will notice up to the end of the reading, it's really the center is be baptized. Repent and be baptized. The, the Greek word is metanoia. It's the metanoia. Repent. Yeah, the change of Turn time. back. Metanoia, <clears throat> change. Change. Uh, one, one commentator says here, revolutionize. Your way of thinking, acting, and being. This is really the change, no? You have to revolutionize. Turn your thinking inside out and let your feelings and behavior follow suit. Um, here in, in OLMC, I don't know, Deacon and myself, we can see how Father Law is trying to <clears throat> focus on the first reading, really, and make the reading very meaningful by doing it near the baptismal font. Yeah. Yeah. In the Chinese master, Father Law is the decider. He would do the first reading near the baptismal yeah. 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 At the baptismal font. So that the reading about baptism, yeah. you know, or the, the thing of the font, baptism will be highlighted. Because what, what really is baptism? <clears throat> For us, it's only a sacramental action. But the sacramental action is transformative. Because we're supposed to have died with Christ and then have risen again with Christ. So it's yep. transformative and also participative. Uh, I guess the beautiful thing here is baptism is connected to water. So mm. it's not just cleansing. It's really, you remember, water is a source of, it could be source of death. Mm. There's blood. But it's also a source of life. life. No life. water, no life. No? Yeah. So, in the Bible, the days of creation, uh, baptism <clears throat> with water recalls the day of creation when the land sprang up from the sea and God formed humans. Mm -hmm. This this is a woman uh, commentator. So he says, she says, God formed humans from a recipe. Of earth and water. <laughs> and <laughs> the blew, recipe. <laughs> and blew the divine spirit into them. In mm. fact, it's in the reading also, no? Uh, <clears throat> receive. So, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So, water, new life, mm. and Holy Spirit. <clears throat> so, I guess it's a, it's a very 
important thing here to note that resurrection is really a call to new life. Baptism, like all the sacrament of baptism for the church is being done in this season of Easter so that we can really connect the two together. Resurrection calls us to metanoia, to conversion, Hmm. and to a new way of life. Otherwise, resurrection doesn't mean anything. Year after year, we will be grappling and struggling. What is the meaning of resurrection? Mm-hmm. You know? uh, there is a line here from Pope Francis in Evangelii Gaudium. He says, let us not flee from the resurrection of Jesus. Because Christianity entails an experience of life, Christ's life in us. May nothing inspire more than his life, which impels us onwards. So uh, the, the life of Christ, uh, which is infused to us in baptism, has to be seen with the change of our behavior. Uh, here, in the first reading, it looks like it's so external, no? because even the number is given. Those who accepted this message were baptized, and about 3,000 persons were yeah. accepted. Ask how many were baptized in Hong Kong this year? Two thousand something. Two thousand something. And yeah. in the past, before COVID, it yeah, three thousand. Previously, six thousand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, not counting those uh, babies. And, yeah. Yes, but but uh, this will be like the external side of it, the number. Uh, but I guess uh, we will have now to go into the deeper meaning of it. And no, no, be, before that, I would like to raise yes, a few yes. issues. A yes. few issues. Number one, many people will think that, I mean, the baptism, sacraments, and all these are superficial, are just ritual, it's meaningless. As long as I believe, I'm saved. Mm. I mean, it is even able to quote uh, St. Paul. Why should we need baptism? Why should we need marriage? Why should we need this and that? You know, things like that. Right. Now, um, I would say, for example, in the gospel, when Jesus preached, what did he say? He said, repent and believe in the good news. But now, in the Acts of the Apostles, we jump one step more. You can see that Peter said, repent. Well, he did not tell them, repent and believe. He said, repent. Believe, we assume you believe, all right? The next step, baptize and join a community of the redeemed. Okay, so it is important. Do not just stay there and say, oh, uh, because St. Paul said, okay, if you believe in your heart and then confess that uh, Jesus, then you are safe. No, come on. They're quoting it out of context. We can see that we need to join a community. That's the church. So, but now the second point I want to raise is if you pay attention to that, you will see that baptize what? In the name of Jesus Christ. Ah, that's the problem here. I, I think when St. Paul wrote his letter to the Corinthians, he mentions, I belong to Peter, I belong to Apollo, I belong to Paul, I belong to Jesus. Hey, wait a minute. You know, did Paul die for you? No, right? But what about today? 
We, are, we, we were not baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. All of us were baptized in the name of the Trinity. Do you see the difference now? Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that probably that's the original formula. Okay. It, when the people at the very early church, they were baptized in the name of Jesus, Jesus. Christ. For the forgiveness of your sins, and then you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So the Trinity also comes in. Yeah, but you know the the, the yeah, point. but there's the development. That, that, I know what you mean. What you mean is maybe the, the more original. Yeah, uh, that probably was the original, the original formula that they were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. That's enough. All right, but gradually, because everything's getting settled down, we are all we all believe in Jesus Christ, but that's not enough. We need to believe that our God is yes. a, is a blessed Trinity, and probably because of that, so it developed into a formula which the whole church would follow. That's the formula of Saint Matthew, yes. the Gospel of yes. Saint Matthew. Yeah. So in Saint Matthew, you say the, to baptize them in the name yes. of the blessed Trinity, yes. right? So there is a uh, we can see that the church is. Developing. Yes. I think if I remember right, in the middle of the Acts of the Apostles, mm. when Paul and Barnabas were already going around, they also asked one community, did you receive the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then and then the community was even like they we didn't even well, know we never, heard of, <laughs> never heard of the Holy Spirit, so, you know. So this is the Acts of the Apostles, which is really the development of the church. Yes, it shows the development, the the gradual understanding of Jesus, the gradual understanding of the Holy Spirit. You can see here what Peter said, okay, that God has made both Lord and Christ. This Jesus, so it sounds very much like Jesus was only a human being. I mean, at that time, probably that, that's the, the, the first time, you know, they proclaimed uh, the message. And in a way, to proclaim it in a way that people would understand easily, instead of you know saying something, wow, the uh, the dual nature, <laughs> one yes. person, two nature, that that would be terrible. <laughs> yeah. This is actually the, the very first speech exactly. in the Acts of the Apostles. I guess another speech would be in chapter ten when he was already dealing with the pay with the. Practices. Uh, Karin, I mean, the Cornelius, Cornelius, the Roman centurion. And then after that will be all the speeches of Paul. Paul yeah. and, you know, so that's, that's a very good point. Uh, you see the, the growth in the development. Yes, in the evolution of our, our, our understanding. So shall we continue with the uh, understanding now of <laughs> The center of the faith. <laughs> right. Uh, we said this is Good Shepherd Sunday. So let us now listen to, to the, gospel. the gospel reading. Go. Yes. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said, Amen, Amen, I say to you, whoever does not enter a sheepfold through the gate, but climbs over elsewhere, is a thief and a robber. But whoever enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The, gate the gatekeeper opens it for him, 
and the sheep hears his voice, as the shepherd calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has driven out all his own, he walks ahead of them, and the sheep follow, because they recognize his voice. But they will not follow a stranger. They will run away from him, because they do not recognize the voice of strangers. Although Jesus used this figure of speech, the Pharisees did not realize what he was trying to tell them. So Jesus said again, Amen, amen, I say to you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. A thief comes only to steal and slaughter and destroy. I came so that they may have life and have it more abundantly. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Um, it, for me, it is easy to understand that Jesus is the Good Shepherd. The most difficult line here would be, he said, I am the gate. Oh my God. It's the most challenging part. Okay, what he's trying to say is whoever enters through me will be saved. That's what does that mean? So he's referring to the sheep, right? Then where is the shepherd? Of course, later on, he talks about I am the good shepherd. Right. Right. I mean, it's still in chapter 10, but it's for us next year. <laughs> right. The point here is, why did he say, uh, it seems to me that, it seems to me that, number one, Jesus did not deny other shepherds. Okay. The gatekeeper opened the gate for him. And the uh, okay, and then the the shepherd okay came in, right? And the sheep hear his voice, and the shepherd call his etc. etc. So what? So there exist other shepherds even before Jesus. Be the Pharisees. Now, yeah, yeah, perhaps the Pharisees, yes. but I would think of. Because Jesus came to fulfill the, um, the scripture and the prophets. What he's trying to say is when we refer back to the prophet Ezekiel, chapter 34, Ezekiel chapter 34, it also mentions about um, shepherd, the good shepherd, in fact. However, there, um, a pinpoint is David, King David, as the good shepherd. And um, actually, chapter 34 of Ezekiel, God criticized all those um, bad shepherds. They fattened themselves. They did not care about their, their sheep. And so that's because of their misbehavior, their selfishness, the, the sheep were scattered. And so God said, I will come to gather them back and then do the job. Ah, you see. So Ezekiel chapter 34 is should give us a better understanding of what it is all about. So I would understand that 
before Jesus, there were shepherds like Moses, David, you know, all these people. Uh, of course, um, the Pharisees probably they they would like to do it, but they they climb over, you know, uh, the the wall instead of listening to them. Right. So and then, well, uh, people after of course some people will listen, but uh, still, the the people did not listen to him when the true shepherd Jesus arrived. All right, they turned to Jesus to listen to him. So I I probably that's. What he's trying to say, the most difficult part I so far I really cannot crack is that I am the gate. All right, so wait a minute. Who's the gatekeeper then? St. Peter? <laughs> the church? Yes. Most likely the church. Mm -hmm. This is uh, the, the successors of St. Peter. Okay. So they open the gate so that the others people can come in. That probably is what he tries. So whichever church is faithful to the, the teachings handed down by the apostles, okay, would be, okay, uh, would make people, would give them life, would have redemption. Perhaps that's what Jesus tried to say. But because later on he said, I am the good shepherd, so I don't have to worry about that. What is baffling me and try to struggle is that I am the gate. Ah, it's difficult for me to. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. You know, one good one. I noticed also here, uh, this uh, verses from chapter, verses 1 to 10, he talking more of the gate after the end. Huh? Yeah. He said, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers. <laughs> did not listen. But there's also the point of the sheep listening. Okay, because they recognize the voice of the shepherd. You know? Even if we're just talking here of Jesus as the gate, uh, he, he, John, John the writer, even mentioned it that Jesus is using a figure of speech. Right. Okay. That and, and that makes it, as Dickon was saying, that makes it very enigmatic that even the Pharisees could not understand what he was saying. No. Because Pharisees would be considered as the leaders of the people. True. Even Jesus said, Nicodemus, you are the teacher of Israel. So I would say that, yes, there are many shepherds. And then they have their followers. When they say, okay, their sheep will follow him. So those are shepherds, may not be thieves. Because they have proper training, they have, for example, Gamaliel and all these, Nicodemus, all these. Okay, And then they have followers, they, it's not too bad. And then, so I, I make sure that they are doing the right thing. So he approached Nicodemus, or rather say Nicodemus Jesus, came yes. yeah, to Jesus. Okay, yeah. yeah. So that, that would be, uh, in a way, <laughs> so whoever um, uh, enters through me, we will be saved. I think that belongs to the, to the sheep. The... Uh, this reading reminds me of John 14, actually, where he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Yes. And no one comes to the Father except through me. me. Yep. Through me. So <laughs> that gate, 
is really also the way, and the way is a person, you know. So all the all the metaphors. Yeah, it's a metaphor. Saint John in his writing has all these metaphors. You have, I think, in in his gospel, how many metaphors of Jesus? No, I am the bread. Yeah, at least seven. At least the water, seven. Yeah, the, the light. The light of the world. Yeah, and the so living this water. Is one of them. I'm the good shepherd. But it's the it's the opening. And, and that's why also in our masses here with Father Law, he also makes it the point to be near the <laughs> church door. So, uh, so oh, that, yeah, yeah. yeah, so it's not just the baptismal font for the first reading, but also for the gospel. It is the gospel there to introduce the imagery of the gate or the door. And it comes to me now, and they cannot say, so who is the gatekeeper? Is it the church? Maybe. Uh, ah, wow. <laughs> but actually, Jesus is saying here, all threefold, he's the gatekeeper, he's the gate, and he's the shepherd. So, I mean, he's everything. He's everything. <laughs> he's actually everything. I'm, I'm so Alpha and Omega. So it he's makes everything. our mind explode. <laughs> right. He challenges our mind. So if, if, if you are too rich, he can. Let the gaze be the okay. good shepherd as well. Oh my you have God. to Over break your glass ceiling and get out of whatever. <laughs> but uh, I guess also the other thing here is the, the defense that Jesus is saying, you know, I am the gatekeeper, I'm the gate. So whoever enters to me will be saved mm -hmm. and will come in and go out oh. and find pasture, you know, the nourishment. Right. Um, but the thief comes only to steal, slaughter, and destroy. So you see the, the comparison, the positive and the negative. Mm. And which will be also, uh, how do you call it, will, will be strengthened and deepened in the second reading. Because how does he defend us? It's really by taking the suffering for us, yeah, yeah. taking upon himself. The, the Pharisees will never do that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so maybe we can now listen to the second reading. So as Sister Victoria introduced, Christ has taken on suffering so that we can pass through the gate. So along the same lines, it is right for us as followers to suffer as well. But let us listen to the second reading. A reading from the first letter of St. Peter, beloved. If you are patient when you suffer for doing what is good, this is a grace before God. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his footsteps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When he was insulted, he returned no insult. When he suffered, he did not threaten. Instead, he handed himself over to the one who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body upon the cross, so that free from sin, we might live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you had gone astray like sheep, but you have now returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. The second reading reminds me a lot of another reading where 
we were asked if we are slapped on one side, don't resist, but rather turn to the other side. But in this suffering, I also see a lot of hope. Two things that I see. First is at the introduction of the second reading, you see Christ suffered for us. He suffered first. And there's a lot of hope in that because I'm sure even now in the present day, Christ clings to those who call out in need, those who are suffering. He's right beside you. Secondly, our suffering and our redemption have meaning. If you look at the opening, it says, Beloved, if you are patient when you suffer for doing what is good, this is grace before God. This is grace. Isn't it beautiful? So there is hope in this too. Even the very bad in us can be transformed if we allow Christ to do so. So repent. Let Christ be our agent of transformation and our shepherd. And let him open the gates of heaven to us. Anything you can add there? Um, it also reminds me of the, um, the suffering servant song, you know, by uh, Isaiah. Uh, especially, he says, uh, be- uh, through his um, wounds, okay, we are healed. This is this is our belief that, uh, and also also Ezekiel chapter thirty four that the good shepherd will go out, you know, to not only to find those uh, lost sheep, but he will also uh, tender and take care of those uh, wounded. So um, this is what. Uh, you know, the good, uh, the, the suffering servant is going to do. And uh, definitely he is most qualified <laughs> to be, you know, uh, uh, what, um, Christ and Lord. I mean, who, who wants to do this? But okay, he takes this upon himself. And through his wounds, okay, we are healed. I, I love this uh, this is actually this reading is the canticle that we used during Lent. Yeah. No? The liturgy of the arts for sure. Sunday. Oh, yeah. Yes, this is so beautiful. Uh, maybe I can insert here what we were discussing before we began the session today that uh, we're not used to hear that there's a letter of St. Peter. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> let's be informed that. Uh, after in the in the New Testament books, no, after Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, you have the Catholic epistles. Yeah. Okay. There's Jude. There's also James. Peter, James, and then Peter, and then John. Okay. okay. So three letters of John, yes. two letters of Peter. Yes. So it makes a five, yes. and then we have, um, yeah, James the, and Jude. James is one one book, yes. and then we have. One Jude okay. with only one chapter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. it, it, it contains a very interesting passage inside. Yeah, yeah. but it's good to know that uh, even if maybe people find it difficult to imagine St. Peter writing a letter. <laughs> okay, maybe because oh, he's a fisherman, how could he write a letter? But maybe he dictated it, and the church believes that it was dictated. 
to to an amendment. To Mark, probably. Mark, that's why Mark was able to write his gospel, no? So when you read, especially for our <clears throat> readers in the parish, because I, I, I'm saying this because I got a message just lately asking me, Sister, is the second reading really from Peter, not from Paul? <laughs> and then it happened <laughs> last Sunday that one of the readers really did the first letter of St. Paul. I said, oh my God, <laughs> sorry. But uh, I really have to encourage our readers to listen to this and listen or read the readings before you uh, present yourself there in the liturgy, okay? <laughs> there, uh, there are really two letters of St. Peter, okay? And it's different from the letters of St. Paul. The letters <laughs> of St. Paul are really addressed to communities and to persons, it will say um, the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Yeah, Pimency yeah. or something yeah, like that. It's not just St. First letter of St. Paul and then full stop. <laughs> <laughs> like John, no? the first letter of John, the second letter of John. Yeah. yeah. So th this is good to know. Uh, St. Peter, you know, as the, the head of the church, has a lot to tell us also. He has also all these teachings. And so please. Uh, let us listen, no? since, uh, you know, if you put all the readings together, the Acts of the Apostles is really a speech by St. Peter, mm. okay? And uh, now the second reading is again from his letters. And if there is one line that we would like to carry with us, that uh, put together even the gospel, you can get it from the second reading. For you had gone astray like sheep, but you have now returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. Yeah, guardian. So this is like the, the effect of the metanoia, no? the conversion. You have gone astray, but now you have returned. And this is from the first letter of St. Peter. Mm. Okay? <laughs> so I don't know. Any, any further reflection that you'd like to share here? We open it up for reflections, thoughts, questions on this Good Shepherd Sunday Easter, the fourth Sunday of Easter. Any questions or thoughts or reflections online, Joe or Mary Faye? Questions? Uh, for me, I would like to know more about the meaning of the voice. Voice, because uh, my own understanding about the sheep were uh, the sheep. You just keep looking the grass. I think they can't recognize Jesus because he keeps just looking the grass. So the voice, that's why the voice is important. <laughs> so maybe they're really like that, not that uh, by nature the sheep. You know, you know, that happened to me when we were in Portugal one time. I was with the mother general. And I'm just a young counselor, just, uh, you know, accompanying the mother. And then the, the shepherd was passing with the sheep. And then she asked me, do you really think God wants us to be like dumb sheep? <laughs> I was really surprised by that question. Do you really think this was the mother general? I said, well, maybe it's not the dumbness, but the, the listening part. You know, mm. recognizing, recognizing who you are and where you are. That you need a shepherd. Because mm -hmm. I saw also that 
I know I, I can't remember which place that I saw this uh, sheep. There is also the the shepherd is bringing the the blank yeah, the, the scarf, yeah. Yes, keep <laughs> driving them here <laughs> like yeah, that. So, otherwise, they get lost. Yes, uh, so that, that's what idea about that. <laughs> this uh, shepherd and the sheep. No, this this voice that that will bring us to the gate. So, what else the meaning of the voice? <laughs> for example, maybe for the gospel. Okay, I consider this a voice. What else that we can say that this is another term that we can understand the voice? Of I voice. I think um, for us, I mean, Jesus spoke this. Um, he has his target audience, us, the believers. Because all these is, you know, uh, the speech, uh, I mean, figures of speech, those are just, Jesus was using images uh, to help us understand. So he, actually, he's, he's talking to us, talking to us. Okay, we are the sheep, okay? So we have to ask ourselves, are we listening? I think most of the time you're right, okay? We're very busy, like those lamb and sheep, you know, eating, eating, eating. And then, ah, we may not be listening, but listening is important. Even nowadays, we are talking about, hey, in your prayers, stop talking. God knows what you need. Listen to what God wants to tell you. And then when we do these biblical studies, what does God try to tell you in particular, in person? Of course, I mean, in general, we're talking about things which is applicable to everybody. Mm-hmm. However, for me, there are things that, okay, yes, I, I, this is a challenge. I need to spend more time understanding what is, I am the gate. <laughs> it, it's big of three years ago. My focus would be something else. Of course, I mean, I, 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 I I, I, I do it, you know, regularly, year after year. And then every time, you know, it catches something, caught me up. And this time it is the gate. I need to find out. As, as uh, Marie now is centered on the voice. Right. <laughs> like, because they, actually, they, that's what they say. Uh, we repeat on listening to the gospel, but why? Why is it repeated? May, may student in the RCIA, mm-hmm. why is the liturgy so repetitive? You know, it just repeats itself. And then said, because we change. You know the word, the word is the same, but then we change throughout time. In three years you have been reading this, but then every time there is something yeah. new. Well, in fact, sometimes I forget. Yes. Of course we forget. We need repetition uh, yes. to, to reinforce our memory. However, uh, we we respond in, in different ways. Yes. Three years ago, my probably my focus is on some other things, and so that that particular voice, you know, send me a message which is appropriate to that time. So. But of course, I mean, we ignore it, we do not spend time listening, then, oh, it's nothing. Oh, the same passage, don't we? Oh. We forget as soon as we, we hear it. <laughs> but we must be a good listener. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I guess uh, one of the one scripture scholars, I remember asking, how, how, how come this is the CIC and Father, Father Herman Hendricks? 
said, Father, how come you memorize the Bible? Because he, re- he can really quote the whole, uh, the RSV version. Mm. And I said, you know, because when I listen to the reading, I listen to it with full attention as if it's first time. Mm. It's first time for me. So he catches all the nuances. Uh, <clears throat> my application for this now is maybe because I am following the visit of Pope Francis to Hungary. Mm-hmm. Hungary, uh, he started yesterday. And <clears throat> this is called an apostolic visit. So he's a shepherd visiting, but because he's also head of state, you know, he has many titles. You cannot go to any country without being invited as a head of state. Okay, So uh, some in, some interpretations I'm hearing is that he prioritized this because Hungary is really at the border of Ukraine, right? Mm. So he takes every little chance, whatever circumstances will, will present to him to talk about peace, okay? And even if he is uh, in some way very uh, of different mind from the president of Hungary in some issues like migrants and gender. But he is able to find a way of unity, some points where they are united. You know? um, Hungary, we know it has been evangelized one time of St. Stephen, year oh. 1000. So it's a very Christian country. This was where we had uh, uh, of the Eucharistic Congress. After oh. after the Philippines, after Cebu in 2016, there was the Eucharistic Congress in Hungary. Mm-hmm. So uh, I am hoping uh, that this act of shepherding by, Bo- by Pope Francis, I'm really praying that this will work out for the you know the peace that we are all longing for. Mm-hmm. You know this. We haven't resolved this one of Ukraine and Russia. Now we have Sudan. Mm. And you could say if if the world keeps on proceeding like that, then it will be here in Asia soon. Mm. This is uh, what Pope Francis was saying, the World War Three in Peaceville, happening in very different forms in different places. So I would like to uh, to connect our liturgy for this Sunday also to what is happening in the world and especially with the shepherding style of Pope Francis. So not only in the world stage, but also in the church. Mm. One of the things that made headlines this week is his uh, other decision to let the women vote (laughs) in the synod. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because in the last synod, in 2021, or anyway, there were women, five women, representatives of the uh, consecrated life. Because there are ten men and, no, five men and five women. But only the men could vote. The women were there, but they could not vote. So uh, now Pope Francis is changing that again. Yeah. So the next synod is October. All the women who will be there will have also a chance to vote. So, you know, it's it's a shepherding style, which is open to changes. Just as we said in the first reading, the church was evolving. Evolving. Yeah. 
And so these churches we have is organic. It's changing also um, what is important for the life of the people. So I guess with that, <laughs> anything else you'd like to add, Patrick? Uh, no, I think um, we'll conclude following Christ, our shepherd, and recite the responsory song. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In the burdens of pastures, he gives me repose. Beside the rest of waters, he leads me. He refreshes my soul. He guides me in brightness for his name's sake. Even though I walk in the dark valley, I fear no evil. For you are at my side with your rod and your staff that give me courage. You spread the table before me in the sight of my foes. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Only goodness and kindness follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord for years to come. The Lord is my shepherd. There is something I shall want. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May your mighty and merciful God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to OLMC Sunday Best. Please join us again next week for another episode. Have a blessed Sunday, everyone.